It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. First of all, you know, I've, I've sat in the meetings every single day, and I've been so impressed with, with the way the communication is going, the way that Gary talks about, you know, it's almost like romantic for me that I can sit there and hear about you know Bill Walsh and, and that offense and how it evolved to Mike Shanahan and so on and so forth and and for me as a football guy um, all those things are it's just outstanding how this came about how that came about um, you know how this play worked in this particular situation and in the way that they're putting this all together it's I, I couldn't be any happier the way that with that situation's been going Myron Metcalf here on another Friday with the one and only Manny Fresh Hill. What up? What's up, man? Good to be back in studio, man. Yeah. Got, they shipped me off to Syracuse, New York last week, it's man. Been, it's been a couple of weeks since we've man. actually been in the same studio. Bro, I've been, getting, I've been getting those phone calls, man. Get on the plane. Um, <laughs> uh, Manny Fresh. People don't know why I call you Manny Fresh, I don't think. If they don't know hip-hop. Like Manny Fresh, Birdman. I'm a 90s hip-hop, not 2000s hip-hop dude. So If you don't remember that era of Cash oh, Money man. Records, man. Hot There's Boys, wrong with you. Young Lil yeah. Wayne, BG. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my that was my era, man. Um, that's why I call him Manny Fresh. And I'll let you in on something, Manny, as well. I had a rap name. Years ago, some buddies and I. remember I, you telling me this We before. released a rap album. Now, you'll never find it. It's not, it's not on the internet, so don't look. <laughs> don't call anybody from my past to try to get a copy of it. People it does not Google exist. Google this right you away. You Google whatever you want to Google. Trust me, it has been destroyed <laughs> because I had the last three copies. It's gone. Um, but they call me M Diggity. That was my name, and I see you laughing. Manny's laughing. I'm laughing because I remember Mackey, you telling me this and, before. And Phil Mackey's laughing too. That's okay. <laughs> all I was trying to do was be the first rapper from my family, man. That's all I wanted to do. Three mansions, right? Two this was pools. In college. Was, was this in college? It was just before college, man. And my okay. buddy, my buddy Yiftok was the producer, man. He had this was back when he had one of those like computer setups with a microphone mm-hmm. where you could first start like recording music. Oh yeah. You couldn't have told me that I wasn't working with Dre. Like I was working with the best <laughs> of the best, right? But I start Purple Daily talking about my hip hop name because there's a lot in a name. Names matter. Mm-hmm. They're important to us for a variety of reasons. Manny, when you think of the name Mike Zimmer, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, defense. Yeah. Defense. That's it. Yeah. Because he's obviously for a long time, he's been, he was a longtime defensive coordinator and had some success in, in Dallas as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Even had a brief stop in, in Atlanta and then yeah. 
really made a name for himself as a defensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals before becoming the head coach here. And, and feel free to refer to me as M. Diggity throughout the show if you want to, right? <laughs> you think defense. I think a lot of people share that perspective. You say Mike Zimmer, you think uh, defensive guru. Yeah. Uh, do you think winner? See, you shouldn't hesitate. See, yeah. see, the, see here's the problem with a name, right? Here, here's the reality, <laughs> right? When somebody says a name, okay, the first thing that pops into your mind, that's the perception of that person to you. Mm-hmm. It ain't something we got to think about, right? Said Mike Zimmer, defense is what you thought. You mm-hmm. didn't think winner. Right, you didn't think you didn't think winner. You didn't. Think, I tend to think winner, but I don't. You didn't I don't know if I say that with full conviction. But it's got to be with full conviction, or we throw it out the window, right? Sure, that's fair. Do yeah. you think great coach? I think very good coach. Do you think great coach? I don't think great coach. I think very, but very good. good. Coach, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good, which is fair. Yep. Um, and I ask all this because to to me, Mike Zimmer's mission in Indianapolis this week at the NFL Combine. By the way, how tall are you? Uh, six one and a half, six, six one. two. Have you, has, you, has that been measured? Or is that like a Kyler it's been Murray? Measured, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm I'm five nine and three quarters, so I understand Kyler Murray and everything that's happening with his measurements. But Mike Zimmer's there because he's being measured too. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're there to hopefully find an offensive lineman who can stabilize uh, this group, protect Kirk Cousins. Yes, you're there to try to add pieces that maybe help you return to being the best defense in the NFL. Uh, sparking this offense so that you're not one in six against playoff teams again. You don't tie teams like the Green Bay Packers where Aaron Rodgers was 13% in that game. You're trying to get better, but you're also trying to, I hate to use this cliche, win the press conference, so to speak. Your, 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 your twofold mission is you are representing your franchise and you're essentially, Manny, establishing the state of your franchise. This is where I have concerns about Mr. Zimmer and what I've witnessed so far uh, in Indianapolis. He has said a lot of things. Uh, he has talked about maybe getting a kicking coach, mm-hmm. which I, I, I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, if you're in the NFL, I understand why you would want a kicking coach. Uh, when you are a member of the Vikings organization, you should probably have two kicking coaches. Uh, but I also think that he said some things that make you go, I don't know if I completely agree with that. He's talked about Anthony Barr. He's talked about Kirk Cousins and how everyone will shine in year two under Mike Zimmer. Uh, he, he made a statement within that about Kirk Cousins where he said, oh, you know, in your first year as a free agent, you got to find a place to live and, you know, you got to get settled in. You don't know where things are. Uh, Kirk Cousins ain't have no trouble finding a place to live with $84 million. No. Somebody else he's, had that he's problem. He's doing okay in that department. Yeah, somebody else had the problem, but, like, that ain't his issue, uh, adjusting the life in Minnesota. The one thing he hasn't said, though, to me, Manny, is something very simple that I, that I think could alter perceptions of Mike Zimmer for the better. He has not, to my knowledge, and maybe I've missed this, said, I should have been better. I have to be better. Sean McVay, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Are mm-hmm. they in L.A.? Are they... Because you never know. They have so few fans, you never know where exactly they're. The Rams of Inglewood in a couple of years. Yeah, the Rams of uh, (laughs) the Rams of that West Coast region. The Los Angeles Rams of Inglewood. Yeah, whoever they are, who they they got destroyed by the Patriots. I mean, they they were dominated, and it was a coaching thing. Sean McVay admitted that. Sean McVay gets up there during his press conference yesterday, and he says, "Look, uh, that game against the Patriots, that Super Bowl loss, I didn't have a plan B." It was on me 
Manny, I can appreciate that. Can't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, so he basically admitted to being out coached in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, and I, he was out coached. I need a coach who says things like that. Like, I, I personally need a coach who says, yes, my offensive line didn't do what it was supposed to do. Yes, I had guys who underperformed. I had personnel issues, and I had injuries as well. You know, Hughes, you have all these different situations where guys, uh, things don't go according to plan. I get that. You ain't got to tell me that. I understand that. That's football. That's the nature of the sport. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys that you thought were who, who projected to be you know, good players turned out to be average, mediocre, or less. I understand all that. But what about you, Mike? Like, what about you? Where, where is the, it's on me? Because I think for me, that is the thing that would really, I think a lot of Vikings fans would appreciate that. He, he's not on the hot seat. He didn't, forget the contract situation. Mike Zimmer's loved by Ziggy. I think he's loved by a lot of fans. But I still feel like there's that missing element, man, of, you know what? Here's what I have to do in order to make this franchise better. Am I wrong about that, Manny? No, I think you're right. And I think when you look at the whole process of last year, and we and we talked about it on, on this show all week, rather it be Judd and Collar and Rami throughout the week, of when you go back and look at the 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 process after they lost the NFC Championship game to the Philadelphia Eagles, who went on to win the Super Bowl, of yeah. course. Pat Shermer departs. He becomes head coach of the Giants. Which just, changes everything. Yeah, and, and and Pat Shermer did a tremendous job yeah. coordinating that offense in 2017 when Bradford went down and Case Keenum came in and did a phenomenal job and everything. Pat Shermer, like that basically got Pat Shermer the job to coach the New York well Giants. Well-deserved. how good he did. Yeah. So that... That role of offensive coordinator needed to be filled, and they went and got John Filippo, brought him in because for whatever reason they've and and John Filippo was kind of a hot commodity. Those yeah, he was at the time. At him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was but, on the rise, but it was basically this guy was the quarterbacks coach for a quarterback that kicked our butts in the NFC Championship game. So we got to bring him, him. in. Yeah. We got to bring him in. And show us how you did show, it. Show us how you did it. Mike Zimmer's got to bring it. How, how did how'd you beat my defense? Yeah. How did you beat my vaunted number one statistically across the board defense? And, and it didn't work. And it, and it didn't work because they didn't take into consideration the quarterback that they were trying to sign. And they knew because they hired Filippo first before they signed Kirk Cousins. But they knew they were going to target Kirk Cousins yep. in the offseason. He was going to be priority number one. That's that they knew that right away. You hire you hire an offensive coordinator who is trying to run a system that does not fit Kirk Cousins, and then you give Kirk Cousins this money, and then at the start of last season, you're asking him to do things that he's not capable of doing, which is like you're asking him to be a top five quarterback. You're paying him like or a top just, five or just quarterback. win. I mean, yeah. win win big games. I mean, you're, that, you're granted you're paying him like that. a top five quarterback, yes. but he's not a top five quarterback, no. and you're relying on him to be a top five quarterback, and he's just not. Yeah, and you're asking him to overcome things that he's just not capable of overcoming, and that's why the offense was a complete disaster in 2018. Then you fire D. Filippo. What was it? 12, 13 games into the yep. season. Yep, twelve, and, thirteen. 
and now you give Stefanski the job, and then you're bringing in Gary Kubiak. And his cousins, too. I think Gary Kubiak just hired another, <laughs> his third cousin the other day. Gary Kubiak, they have so many Kubiaks here. Yeah, you're right. You bring in Gary Kubiak, who, who I guess is the latest savant, I guess, who will change things. Like, everybody apparently has a magic wand. I mean, t- you made a great point, though, about Shermer. Losing Shermer is a bit like public enemy not having Flavor Flav. And the clock. There's power in the clock. There is power analogy. in the clock, right? <laughs> yes. You can't just replace him. But I'll yeah, also say, boy. I'll always, yeah, but man, he was amazing. <laughs> I'll also say this, though. Everything that you just said was Mike Zimmer saying offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. Okay. That was a problem. You add that with a new quarterback. That's a problem. Okay. Here are all the things that went wrong in my O-line, my kicking game, right? Defensively, we had some challenges here and there. Here are all the – the CEO of the company, though, has to at some point say, hey, you know those faulty breaks on those sedans, right? Like, you you know this bad meat that people are putting out and getting sick? Yes, I wasn't in the plant making it, okay? I wasn't responsible for packaging it. That wasn't on me. But -hmm. guess what? As the face of this company, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm still waiting on that. And you know what? Is that too much to ask for? And you know what? Kevin Stefanski is he's the offensive he's the fourth offensive coordinator under Mike Zimmer now. Yes. Mike Zimmer's been the head coach for the Vikings for 5 years. He's going into year 6 now. And this is his fourth offensive coordinator. Can it all be them? Can it can it always be them? Granted, this is a guy whose strength is on the defensive side of the ball. We all understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think your job as a head coach is I mean to do what he did last year. You go from Shermer, where everything works, you move on, it doesn't work, you've got to find the right solution at that position, especially as a guy who favors the defensive side of the ball. you got to make some changes. Mm-hmm. But you still have to at some point go, I'm in charge of the operation. And I feel like the NFL Combine in Indianapolis is Mike Zimmer's opportunity to say, look, everybody, there's some things that didn't work. There's some things that went wrong. Offensive line, kicking game, whatever you want to say. But in general... I have to be better. Like, I don't think it's that hard to say that. No. I don't think it's that difficult to say I have to be better. But for some reason, Mike Zimmer's had an opportunity to answer every single question from Sheldon Richardson and Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin, every single thing that's happening with this team, the kicking game, Kirk Cousins, every single thing he has been asked about, Manny. But the one thing that I think would help his cause because I don't care about any contract extension in the NFL when you got billionaire owners who are looking to make billions, who are looking to win when they've got a three-year window with an $84 million quarterback. I don't care about extensions. I care about a coach who understands the circumstances and understands how he is perceived. People love Mike Zimmer. They understand his strengths. They also understand his weaknesses. Last year was a bad year that followed a great year. It's not like everyone's looking at him and going, oh, no, he's a failure. No, they're saying they want to get back to that position where they felt like they were competing for championships, where they felt like they could be one of the best teams in the NFL because that was the expectation that Mike Zimmer established. And I'll tell you what, 2019, they better get back to... Oh, ain't going to be no 2020 if there is. Because there won't be a 2020. Might not be in the 2019. For Mike Zimmer or or Rick Spielman. The the extension and and feel free to call... picking up of the option. Yeah, whatever whatever you want to call it. Feel free to call in 651-646-8255.
Uh, 651-646-8255. I just sounded like a 2 a.m. infomercial where they repeat the number <laughs> five, six, seven times. The picking up of the option was about the optics more than anything. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with how Ziggy and the administration, the ownership of this team, how they feel about Mike Zimmer and how they're going to treat him in 2019. Because I assure everybody listening, I don't care what his contract says. There's an $84 million quarterback going into year two. Okay? There are going to be some changes made this offseason. If this is a disaster, if this 2019 season gets off to a disastrous start, ain't going to be no second half of 2019. I don't care what the Vikings tell you. I don't care what people say about job security. Ain't no job security when you're coming off a season where you didn't make the playoffs a year after reaching the NFC Championship game. Now, do I think Mike Zimmer will will right the ship and will be better than last year. I expect them to be better in year two under Kirk Cousins. However, Manny, this is all fake. Picking up the option, all these other things, it's all fake. Mike Zimmer knows that 2019 is not just about him doing great for the duration of that season. It's about him getting off to a great start. It's about him showing everybody that the team that couldn't beat the Chicago Bears in a win and get in playoff game the team that goes one and six against playoff teams ties a Green Bay Packers team where Aaron Rodgers is not even healthy. If that's the team we see in the first six, seven, eight games of the season, it's going to be Mr. Kubiak's show. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what you hear from now on. It's going to be Mr. Kubiak's show. We got a caller. Trent in Maple Grove. What up, Trent? How's it going? How you doing, man? You may be my favorite guy in the station. I think you nailed it. Um, unfortunately... Look at all these changes, and it indicates a lot of uncertainty, but I'm afraid that uh, Zim and Spielman signed their death and weren't when they spent all that money on Cousins. They overpaid for an average quarterback. Game over. What are your thoughts? I, I, I mean, to your point, it, it, the problem is, and he's, he's right in terms of they are locked into this guaranteed deal, and there's no way to get away from the fact that it's going to change everything you can do. Hey, everybody, Kirk Cousins will get better in year two. This is what Mike Zimmer said at the, at the combine. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Barr, well, if he wants $18 million, playboy, we're going to have to have a conversation. That's what he said. Oh, everybody else wants money? You got to get in the back of the line because there's only this certain pool. This, this is like Kirk Cousins when you're a kid and you go to Thanksgiving. Kirk Cousins is sitting at the big kids' table, at the adult table, and everybody else is like, well, you just wait. Like, let, let everybody else get their food and you just wait. And that's what some of the best players on this team are being told right now. You can get some money. You're just not going to get as much as you might want. And this is part of the problem with when you are paying a quarterback this much money, when you're paying him top five quarterback money, but he's not a top five quarterback. Bingo. You need other aspects of your team to be better to support him and make him better. And when you're paying him $28 million a year, it's harder to do that. It is. It's a lot harder to do that. And I'll say this. If you could go back and do it all over again, the circumstances suggested that Kirk Cousins was an upgrade from Case Keenum. Mm -hmm. And the circumstances suggested that the one thing that that team was missing was a game-changing quarterback. I mean, this is a team that is one miraculous missed tackle away from not being in the NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I can understand how Zimmer and the entire organization and Spielman, how they look at this and they go, yeah, we need a better quarterback. And I think everybody was on board with that. I don't know if we were sure that Kirk Cousins was the answer, but I think a lot of people thought 
But he was the best There's guy t- out there. He was the best guy out there. Yeah. And you've everyone felt like in that internally at least that this was the best we'll ever see from Case Keenum. Guess what? They were right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch Case Keenum under Elway in, in Denver, they were right about that. I, I just think the 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 messaging matters so much. The messaging matters a lot. And I'm still waiting to hear that message from Mike Zimmer that I have yet to hear since the end of that disastrous season. That's a problem for me, Manny. Well, it's I a problem, you. especially when I hear a young guy, Sean McVay. What is he? What is he? 16? 15? <laughs> he was a junior in high school last year or something like that? I think he just became legal 13 drinking year old, last year. 13-year-old Sean McVay <laughs> can process this and say, hey, I know the first thing that people are going to ask me, they're going to ask me about the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, guess what about the Super Bowl, everybody? It was on me. It was my fault. Yep, we did not have a plan B. Yep. I went in there and and I got dusted by the Patriots. That's on me. I loved hearing that, man. I loved hearing that, bro. And I feel like Zimmer should learn something from Tibbs, man. Because Tom Thibodeau was in the same market. Tom Thibodeau had a similar makeup, right? In terms of those are old school sort of, those are coaches, you know? Like, my guess is if you ask Mike Zimmer the latest thing he's watched on Netflix, he would ask you, what's Netflix, right? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't suspect that Mike Zimmer is following This Is Us, okay? He's one of those dudes who's at home watching football. The only difference between him and Tibbs would be that the perception by the fan base. Well, Because the fan base loves Mike Zimmer. Yeah, yeah Mike Tibbs. fans love Mike Zimmer. Timberwolves fans absolutely, for the most part, absolutely hated Yeah, Tom no, Tibbs. Tibbs but I see, but I do Mike see what you're love, saying, but I, though, yeah. But part of their, their similarities are, in times of trouble, they weren't able to really communicate the right message. Tibbs fair, had that yeah. terrible problem when things were going south. It's just like he did not understand or know how to say, hey, everybody, this is what's happening. And Mike Zimmer, going into 2019, it's not going to be like last year where you go, all right, you get to the NFC Championship game. If you get to the playoffs, maybe you host a game. Let's see what happens with this team, Kirk Cousins. We got a shot. Now, after what happened last year, every single game, Manny, he's going to be judged by. Yeah. Every single game is going to be like the scrutiny is facing in Indianapolis right now. Every single game. And that first game, whatever it, whatever it may be, wherever it's at, people are going to be looking at the offense. Yes. And they're going to be looking at the offensive line. They're going to be looking at the quarterback. They're Captain going to be Kirk. Looking at, they're going to be looking at the play calls, all of that. And if they get off to a bad start offensively, people are, people are going to write them off. Listen, if Captain Kirk DeMarcus Whether Cousins... Whether it's right or wrong, people are going to write them off. If Captain Kirk DeMarcus Cousins gets off to a terrible start again, to your point, Manny, the, what is they picking up the option? The 2020 option, that's not going to matter. No, like, even even now it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. matter, but it's certainly yeah. not. It's just funny how we all put out this is a big story. If if someone is talking about your job security in the world of sports, it's not a good thing. You, you know who was having a conversation about his job security uh, a couple years ago? Uh, a guy named Mike McCarthy. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2017, the Packers the Packers sort of secretly picked up his option. Like they didn't even tell anybody. The Packers just kind of like quietly were like, oh, you're coming back in in 2018. 
How about that? Like, that's how you knew the Packers weren't proud. You know, they didn't post him on Facebook and Instagram. They weren't public about it. Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I got, I got an extension. Uh, they picked up my, my 2018 option in the middle of the season. What happened to Mike McCarthy, Manny? Do you remember? Got fired. When, did, what happened? Got fired. But he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> but he coached Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest of all time. He got fired. The Packers don't fire people like that. Come on, he was loved there. He got fired. But they, but they picked up his option. Mike McCarthy had picked up his option. They said, hey, no, you ain't got nothing to worry about. I assure you. And there's a whole lot of things I don't know. But the one thing I do know is that when somebody comes to you in any situation in life and says, don't worry, everything's okay, I promise you that you'll be here next year, usually a bad sign. Let's, let's say it wasn't sports and coaching. Let's say you were in a relationship and your partner came up to you and said, listen, I know it seems like everything's going wrong right now, but I assure you, we're going to make it to our anniversary next year. Would you be like, yeah, man, yeah, we good. We are good. Ain't nothing to worry about. She said, we're going to make it to next year's anniversary, bro. Got news for you, bro. Bro. (laughs) It ain't all good. Bro, pack your stuff up, get the U-Haul. You ain't going to stay past December. It's over. It's over. We'll be back after this on Purple Daily. Hey, Minnesota sports fans, Phil Mackey here, introducing you to the all-new Score North on 1500, where you'll find Purple Daily at noon, Matthew Collar 2-4, and Mackey and Jeb with Rami from 4-6. to six. Over at scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R, in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local Minnesota sports podcasts. Purple Podcasts, Raised by Wolves, Myron Metcalf on Hoops, Touch Em All, Royce Unchained, and plenty more. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime in U.S. territories. Constant coverage on your phone, your computer, your smart speakers, your radio. You hear that? Feast your ears. ScoreNorth.com. Well, we don't know that we're going to early pick one, but uh, this is a good group of offensive linemen. You know, every every offensive line coach wants smart guys. They want guys that can, that can move. Some guys like a little bit more power. Some guys like a little bit more athleticism. They all want toughness. You know, guys that, that have stamina can can play multiple games and not get hurt. You know, a lot, a lot of those things are important. Myron Metcalf back here on Purple Daily. Uh, like what he just said about offensive linemen, like on American Ninja Warrior, that's everything that they say about the same. Like every <laughs> single time someone describes a contestant on American Ninja Warrior, it's that exact same thing. You know why I've been in this business, Manny, why I've been able to survive? It's because I know how to identify people who are much smarter than I am uh, and then to feed off of their knowledge and make it seem like it's mine. I do that with Matthew Collar, who is who is in studio. Uh, Manny, uh, Collar and I greeted each other. It's probably about the sixth or seventh time. We don't know how to greet one another. And it, today, I come in, I think, for the handshake. No, you went for a fist I, bump. No, I, w- I went for the fist bump. Kyler comes in for the handshake, and we're playing rock, paper, scissors. We don't know how to shake, and I don't understand it. See, initially, I went for a regular handshake with you, I think, weeks ago when we yes. announced Score North. Yeah. And then I think you wanted to kind of like... I was trying to add a little. Yeah, I was trying to add a little something yeah, on it. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like. Like. We're. We're, I lock we're it up. cool. Yeah. You wanted to lock it up. I put the up. key in and I lock it. I wasn't ready for the lock it's, up. Yeah. It's solidarity so with I me. So I ended up with squish fingers. Yeah. See, if you just go with the handshake, <laughs> you shake anybody's hand. But yeah, when you right. lock it up, yeah. Right. That's the vault. Right. We're gonna be working together here. We, we are, need to pull it there, in. There's something yeah. there. Um, and then we've tried the real bro hug. And it just does like the full thing that you see. Like LeBron's got a different. No. Yeah. It just. We botched that entirely. Somebody can teach a class, man. You could you could have a consulting class on 
How to greet people. LeBron had like a whole like set of handshakes for like Kevin Love. Yeah. And then a whole completely different set of yeah. handshakes for Dwayne Wade. Yeah, Kevin Love, we probably doesn't call anymore. Set of handshakes for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Maybe we should just wave. But like, <laughs> we should wave. But I think if LeBron tries to, hey, he comes up with an elaborate handshake, that means that you're not going to be playing with him probably next year. <laughs> Kyler, uh, uh, Mike Zimmer is in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. First off, how tall are you? Six foot two. Is that legit? Like, what would you measure at the combine? I think I would measure probably six one and five eight. Okay, are you picking Kyler Murray? Yes. Why? Because he is tremendous at football. Okay. And I don't think in today's game it matters what your height is. He threw the majority of his passes from the pocket. Yeah. And the way that offenses are designed is to create throwing lanes, whether you're six foot six or whether you're five foot ten. And the other thing too is when you start to look at these running quarterbacks, and he is as good as anyone yeah. since Michael Vick rushing at, yards at, last year. at being a runner. And he probably at the combine, if he had chosen to run, he would have been in the four fours. Oh, he's, so he's fast. Extremely explosive yeah, in the running yeah. game. So when you add a major league baseball arm that can make every throw, yeah. a guy who was not impacted by his height playing against a very high level in college yep. and someone who is an impact player that helps you win games with his legs. Yep. Just think about third down and six, right? Mm-hmm. Like where, where the Vikings struggled last year, third and long. If the other team covers all your receivers, Kyler Murray's still going to get a first down. Michael Vick used to say if he saw a man coverage, he was taken off yeah. because you can't cover everybody. And if it's one-on-one with just someone spying you, he's far too explosive and he's going to be able to get by that person. How many times even Mitch Trubisky this year, who's nowhere close to Kyler Murray in explosiveness, no. how many times did we see him take off and get a first oh, down for the Bears? better runner than I think we anticipated. So if he was two inches taller, you'd be talking about the guaranteed number one overall pick. But here's my problem with the pro Kyler Murray crowd, right? And I'm not, you know, I'm not smart enough to project what he will be. I know he's very good at football. My problem is you've got people who are using an extremely small sample size to justify taking him as a top 10 pick. Oh, he could be Drew Brees. Drew Brees ain't six foot three. Oh, he could be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson ain't six three. He could be Blake uh, Baker Mayfield, he's not 6'3". You just named a guy who's going to go down as a top five or six quarterback all time in Drew Brees. You just named a guy in Russell Wilson who's already won a Super Bowl, went to two Super Bowls in the first five years of his career, will retire as a Hall of Famer. You just named a guy in Baker Mayfield who legitimately transferred, who uh, changed the franchise in Cleveland. And they might have been a playoff team had he started every game last year. So, oh yeah, Kyler Murray can play in this league as long as he's a future Hall of Famer or a franchise-changing quarterback. That's my concern about the argument. But but if you think about that, it tells you something about quarterbacks in the NFL and how special you have to be to be on the the shorter side. And how also the NFL has changed its view a bit on these. I mean, the fact that he's being talked about as the potential number 1 overall pick tells you that now teams are worrying less about that. How many 6'5 quarterbacks could you name that were just complete bust? that yeah. didn't work out but they were, were drafted th- because of their height and arm strength. But there were a thousand of those guys. So it's easier for me to go, oh yeah, 70% of these guys didn't make it as opposed to comparing him to Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and all these other guys. Right. I think that without an immense skill set and yeah. immense production, you don't get in this conversation yeah. if you're his height, that you have to be a special kind of prospect. And I also look at just the skill set and the production. Yeah. You have an A-plus arm. I mean, this oh, yeah, guy no was, joke. A, was an MLB draft pick, but yeah. also accurate. And when you look at 
Pro Football Focus's grades for his accuracy and things yeah. like that. They are at the top of college football, and then you add that to the other things, the athleticism, the ability to make special plays outside the pocket, the high level of competition he played against. He put up the same kind of production as Baker Mayfield and then ran for an extra 1,000 yards. I mean, no. this is a special type of player. I don't... <laughs> The defense concerns me in the Big 12. I don't know if they had a top 35 scoring defense in that league. But I, but I do trust everything you're saying is what I've heard about you know his, his raw skills. Bottom line is we found out the problem with the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is too tall. Right? <laughs> now, there is, That's the problem, everybody. There is a funny Kirk Cousins connection here with Kyler Murray and his weight. And I'm yeah. sure that he was pounding donuts the day before yeah, yeah. the combine. 207. But Kirk Cousins is 6'3 and probably plays at about 190 pounds and never yeah. gets hurt. He's yep. been very durable. And Carson Wentz is a tank and he gets hurt all the time. Yeah. So even that part of it is kind of... Uh, dubious when they talk about, well, he's got to weigh the same that Russell Wilson weighed. I don't think that that's the case. Yeah. I think that you judge on what kind of football player the guy is, and you don't worry too much about whether he is tall enough or not, because in today's game, they find ways to work around that. Yeah. Is there any scenario where Anthony Barr is playing for the Vikings next season? I don't see that. Uh, It would be really stunning if they decided to franchise tag him because they simply do not have enough cap space to franchise tag him. Right now, uh, they would be $8 million over the cap if they franchise tagged Anthony Barr at this moment. And they can create more space, but by doing things you don't necessarily want to do, like trading Trey Wayans or cutting Everson Eh, Griffin. Get rid of him. I mean, you you would be subtracting in order in there too. To, to keep them right. Yeah, just start right taking off all this talent that you've paid money for a reason. Uh, and I don't think that Anthony Barr wants to be here anymore. He made it very clear throughout this season, starting in training camp, and we asked him several times about pass rushing. Yeah. And his comment repeatedly was, I see myself as a better pass rusher than anything else. At one point, he said, I like to go forward better than backward. Mm. And I... I a little, there's a little bit of annoyance for me at his comments because I agree that he's great at rushing the passer, but also Mike Zimmer and the way he's used him has led to number one defenses and Pro Bowl appearances and a fifth year option being picked up that was worth a lot of money and probably a pretty big contract here. So it's hard to be too critical of the way Zimmer has used him. But now it's about replacing him, which I think is actually very difficult. Yeah. This is not a league that is valuing linebackers super high right now, but when you look at all the things Barr is capable of doing in this defense, finding one other person to take that spot is going to be tough. It might have to be a rotation of players just to fill all the jobs that Anthony Barr was doing. Uh, Mike Zimmer and Indy, uh, for both Manny and uh, Matthew Collar, uh, he, he said that guys in their second year, they're better with me. If you, <laughs> if you play for Coach Zimmer, you get to year two, playboy, and you're going to be better. I don't get that help, at all. Well, help me understand, because I... We've obviously, a lot of us have been negative about Kirk Cousins and everything that happened last year. Manny, give me one reason why you think Kirk Cousins will be a better quarterback in year two compared to year one. Uh, if they, if the Vikings trade for the Indianapolis Colts' entire offensive line. <laughs> Say Antonio Brown, Manny. People Antonio love Brown. That. <laughs> you add Antonio Brown, you hire Sean but McVay you don't think it's off him. the Rams and make him your offensive coordinator. You don't think it's him, though. You don't think he can be better. You don't think he has the talent I, to I be th- better. I, I think... That's important. I, I, I think Kirk Cousins is who he is as a quarterback. And I think the best way to get the most out of him is this, is to surround him by as much talent as you possibly can. Rather it be 
receivers, offensive line, running backs, whatever. You've got to surround him. And it's it's going to be hard for them to do that because, like we said last segment, he's making $28 million a year. He's being paid like a top-five quarterback, but he's not a top-five quarterback. No. And now it's going to be very, very hard for them to go out and surround him with as much talent as they humanly possibly can. Well, again, he's he's just too tall. Kyler, what what would you <laughs> but like what why will he be better at year two? I, I would say to Zimmer's comment first that it makes no sense. I mean, Sheldon Richardson came in and was fine. Yeah. Case Keenum came in as a yeah. free agent and won a bunch of games. The whole year two thing to me just the, boggles yeah. the mind. Uh, and but I think though what it means is they are disappointed yeah. by 2018 and they yeah, believe yeah. he was going to be better and believe he can be better. I think that that's what Zimmer is really telling us is, look, some of the criticism, it's right. But he's not going to say that. Yeah. There's just a different way of saying it is, well, we expect better, which yeah. means you weren't happy with what happened before. Why he can be better, he is in a better system for him with yeah. the Kubiak-Shanahan style. That's what he used in Washington, and it's highly questionable why they didn't find somebody who ran that if they knew they were chasing after Kirk Cousins. It really is. To, to bring in a guy who ran a completely different offense is a little puzzling. The other thing is, I think the Laquan Treadwell experiment is over. Gosh, I don't know whether he's going to still be on the team, but I don't think he's going to play. I think they're going to find a much better option for that number three or a number two tight end that will give him a more opportunity to find guys on third down. And there's no way the line could be worse. True. Brian O'Neill should make progress. Well, don't say that. I mean, this is Minnesota. That is true. That is true. You're one injury away from it being just as bad. But if you're saying best case scenario, yeah. they find two better guards, even average would be an upgrade. And Brian O'Neill gets better. Pat Elfline bounces back from a really tough year. And all of a sudden, you are maybe the 20th best line instead of the 30th best. And that's significant considering that Cousins has troubles in the, uh, outside the pocket yeah. or making plays off schedule. Laquan Treadwell, man, that's sad to me because I remember watching him pre-injury in college. Yeah, that dude was a beast. Yeah, I mean, to to the Vikings, like their credit, there have been too many guys like that where, on paper, on film, they were supposed to be something that they just weren't. You, you know, I mean, the easy thing to do is to go, well, you picked the wrong guy. But I think there have been a number of scenarios where they seem to pick the right guy, and the right guy just. Played like the wrong guy, if that makes sense. Uh, and Trent will certainly in that category. Uh, last thing with you, Kyle. Jason Witten, is that, is that shocking to you? Both of you guys? Is I, that, I've yeah. never seen any um, anyone be celebrated for leaving the booth before like Jason Man. Witten. He, he they really a, They got, brought a chariot to Bristol. To, <laughs> it, like I think seven it, horses. Or, I no, think you, it was hey, a you could have seven horses. I think it was a tough spot. To yeah. put a guy in right off of his career, and then it's the only game in town. Everyone's yeah. going to be watching. And then, you know how this works with the internet? Once the internet decides something's <sighs> bad, it just goes to town endlessly on a bad thing. And that's what happened with Jason Witten. Can he still play? He would. He's not the first guy to come out of retirement and come back to the league. Randall Cunningham could still play back yeah. in the day. So, uh, I don't know how that's going to work out. I was as surprised as anyone. Uh, but I think when he retires again... He needs to go. Do How does some, that work? I don't know. Did they do? Did they do, do a ceremony? Paperwork. Yeah, right. Did they do a ceremony? Because <laughs> they did a press not, conference listen, before. You're not getting a second ceremony no. with me. <laughs> you got the one ceremony. We will play that on the jumbotron as if it were happening right now. But you're not getting a second. I got to throw a second retirement party for you. You know how much those retirement cakes cost? A se- I'm not a getting second, a, a second thank you. I'm video not getting on a second jumbotron. retirement cake for you. Uh, they did a press conference before, so you've got to top that. 
Not, Especially not if they win. Statue? Not happening. It's got to get a statue. That's not, the only way. So you got to. They have to make them GM. So, do something. <laughs> I'm not doing a second second press conference. Manny, were you shocked by him? No, I wasn't completely. I I, I was shocked by he's that he's going back to play football again, but I'm not terribly Cowboys, shocked that yay. he's walking away from Monday Night Football. NFC East champions, first round playoff losers, right? I mean, that's, people <laughs> celebrated like, oh, this is going to be the Super Bowl. I do watch out now. I do wonder if everybody he's gonna, take a deep breath. I do wonder if he's going to end up like in the Cowboys front office in some capacity. Probably. I have also thought about this in the past about players taking a year off. And when you think about the cumulative impact of all the injuries that yeah. these guys face, and especially the ones that we don't hear about, I have thought of before of like if guys take a year off. A lot of times they come back stronger. I mean, Adrian Peterson came back and yeah. led the league in rushing. Ricky Williams, when he left to go smoke yeah. weed for a yeah. while, he came back and everyone assumed, oh, this guy's going to be done. And he was more explosive. And even Vic, it took a little while yeah. when, after Vic went to prison, yeah. but then played the best football of his career. Sometimes I think those injuries add up so much when a guy does take time away yeah. that he can play better than he could at the end of his career. But not at 37. No, probably not at 37. I'm, I'm almost 36. How old are you, Collar? 32. Yeah. You, so I, I, I'm at the point where I wake up and stretch. I'm in that zone of yeah. my life where I wake up and stretch just to be sure that I don't, you know, I don't yawn too hard and crack a rib. So I <laughs> like, I know at 37. Was it Sammy Sosa that sneezed and pulled yes, the muscles yeah. back? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's you. 115 days. 37 years old is my hesitation with Witten and, and giving him, you know, 3, 3.5 million guaranteed, 5 million max, I think is what he can, uh, what he can earn, but that that to me is the thing where I go, eh. Tells you a lot about the state of tight ends, that a lot of people criticize yes. Kyle Rudolph for not being a perfect yeah, player. it's hard to find. But it tells you a lot about how difficult it is to find someone yeah. special, and that's where this draft, Zimmer said in the clip we played, hey, we might not necessarily take an offensive line in the first round, which I know is like pitchforks and flaming yeah, arrows. Yeah, take but, a good one. But there are three tight ends in this draft, and I think two of them are really special, both yeah. from Iowa if they're the hair, I mean, you I, think about it. I, I think you would have to think about it, especially since Rudolph is getting a little up in age now. Give I look at the Kirk Cousins weapons. Well, give him weapons. You all mentioned the Colts. I think you mentioned the Colts earlier. Quentin Nelson, who I actually had a chance to go to Notre Dame last year and watch him live. Um, it's a monster. That dude's a nasty dude. Mm. That guy changed the identity of that offensive line. The question we had going into the season was Andrew Luck. Can the Colts protect him? Mm-hmm. Because if they can't, we're not talking about another season-ending injury. We're talking about maybe the premature ending of this guy's career. Mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson shows up, fortifies, solidifies. Is there another eyes word that I could use? Because that was going to be cool if I had a third one. Fortifies and solidifies that offensive line. Protectifies. Protectifies, okay? Uh, uh, protectifies that <laughs> offensive line. And Andrew Luck gets protected, and everything changes for the Colts. That's why, to me, and I don't know if that guy's in this draft, but that, to me, is proof of how the right young offensive lineman can not just be a a guy who's a great guy and he was all pro, but can legitimately change the makeup of that entire unit. That's what they're missing. It can happen with one player in this draft, and that's Jonah Williams. Yeah, he's a beast. But he's going to be He ain't going to be there. Yeah, he ain't going to be there. And that's the Quentin Nelson thing is – Yes, they were able to completely change their offensive yeah. line, but it took having a sixth overall pick. And think about for a guard to go that high. Yeah. I mean, this is a generational talent, and yeah. he showed it. 
I don't think there's a generational talent here, and there definitely isn't one at number 18. Yeah. There is probably some players who could step right in and help. Yeah. It, they're going to have to determine how different, though, those players are from who might be available in the second round. And unlike last year, if there starts being a run on linemen, they're going to have to trade up to get one. I think that was one of their big mistakes. Yeah. Although O'Neal has shown a lot of potential. But if they were going to draft a cornerback, yeah, then yeah. they needed to make sure they got one of those guards if that's who they were targeting and moved up and spent the fifth-round pick or the fourth-round pick to move up, deciding not to do that, they got a lesser prospect. And maybe they'll get lucky with it, and O'Neal will become a great player. That's I think that's still on the table that he could do that, but I don't see someone in their range who is immediately going to change this year one, 2019. Oh, boy, you drafted this guy. Now, all of a sudden, this yeah. line is really great. Well, they might not have a generational talent. I will take a millennial talent. Uh, we're going to be back after this to wrap up Purple Daily. We're pinning our ears back. Scorenorth.com. Thought about that an awful lot with the, you know, with the kicking situation we've had for the five years that I've been there. And, you know, I think part of it is that we allow them to, especially a young guy, make, make some mistakes make sure we un- they understand that we're behind them. But I also have really been thinking hard about um, trying trying to get someone, you know, these the golfers have a swing coach, you know, the, everybody's got coaches now to do these things. And so I've been thinking really, really hard about maybe trying to find a, a true kicker's coach, you know, where that's all he really does. Myron Metcalf here back on Purple Daily. We've had a great time, man. It's always fun yeah. doing the show with uh, Manny Hill. I think we got a caller. Maybe who's been waiting to, to chime in on what's happening. We do. Jake in Oakdale. What up, Jake? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I love your take, Myron, on the fact that Zimmer is not taking responsibility here. Yeah. And uh, you look at the the one thing I don't like is that take the other caller had. Everybody's piling on Kirk Cousins. Yes, he was only average last year, and we were paying top dollar. But look at all of the all the money that has been spent re-signing these defensive players and all the top draft choices that we've done on defensive players and the money that was spent on free agents who didn't even play when Zimmer signs the you know signs a defensive back and spends the rest of the money we have under the cap and he never even puts the you know the guy from Cincinnati that he never puts in. You know, he had at the end of the season when we needed to stop Chicago, he's got first round draft choices like Kendricks and Rhodes sitting on the bench, getting paid lots of money because they were injured and different things, and he's got Everson Griffin not playing up to the level he is. All those guys were making lots of money, and they're burning up lots of salary cap space, and they didn't perform. They gave up five first downs on that last drive after Cousins had driven them down for a score to get them back in the game. Yeah. It's, this is on Zimmer. This is Zimmer. And you can say stuff about Kirk not playing well. Yeah, well, let's give him another chance. Maybe he will play a little bit better. Zimmer's, you know, I don't know what Zimmer's trying to say with this. My my free agents play better in their second year. Yeah, everybody plays a little bit better when they get a little more familiar with their surroundings and play callings. But he was not prepared for for the Patriots to do the things that they did. He didn't have an answer just the same way that that the coach out in Los Angeles did. Yeah. Zimmer's not good at game planning when somebody else figures out what he's doing. I appreciate that call. I mean, I think he makes a really good point, Manny, in that the easiest thing to do in a in a market like this is to go after the new guy who comes in after the NFC title run, 
who underperforms and to put everything on him and to sort of protect the beloved coach, which is what's happening with Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point earlier, nobody protected Tibbs like this. <laughs> nobody, no. No, nobody backed off from talking about Tibbs. But Zimmer, there's a different tone. And, and it, it's not just that it's it's not just that it's it's on him. It's when you have a disastrous run, like let's say next season is a tough year. The number of steps you have to go through to undo the damage and to put yourself in a position to make another run, it can take years. Mm-hmm. So so it's rebuilding to, an offensive line can years. take years. So yeah. that's the that's the thing is if it doesn't work under cousins with the guaranteed money that's coming, and you ultimately get rid of Zimmer, you've got to start from scratch with everything. Mm-hmm. And that's so difficult to do. There's a reason that Ben Roethlisberger keeps going back to the playoffs. There's a reason that Tom Brady keeps winning Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers, these stabilizing forces we're seeing in the NFL. A Russell Wilson, a young guy who, who takes the Seattle team that had lost the Legion of Boom and everyone was down on their defense. This has to work. It has to work in 2019 for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're looking at probably a blow-up. A huge rebuild. Yeah. And, Manny, all I want to hear is Mike Zimmer get to a podium today and say, I'm sorry, I'll do better next time. Thanks for joining us. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 